I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Okay? Can't roll the big dogs. Stay on the board. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. Say what? It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Hour number two, glad to have you here on this Thursday edition. Make sure you go to the website, check everything out up there. Our interview with Liz Cambage is up there. And a little bit later today, our interview with Tim Bradley from yesterday. Great stuff with Tim Bradley, the five-time champ who defeated Manny Pacquiao. And his only two losses in his entire career were against Manny Pacquiao. And Manny Pacquiao is in the ring again after a two-year hiatus Saturday night against your Dennis Ugas, who is filling in for Earl Spence Jr. Still should be a good fight. And that is Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. So check out uh, Tim Bradley's interview on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Liz Cambage. Go to the interview page, the classic interview page. And uh, also our Las Vegas Aces coverage up there as well, too, as the Aces start out 2-0 after the break, the Olympic break here, and uh, playing some good basketball with the best record in the WNBA. Yeah, and remember before that second game, that last game that they had, when you said the Mystics wanted to get off to a quick start, mm-hmm. and I said, I think it's more important that they have a good finish. Mm-hmm. Well, they did get off to the quick start again. Once again, did not finish. Now, they didn't blow a 21-point lead, but they still blew a lead, and the Aces ended up winning it kind of handily. Yeah, they did, and that was a, a, a game that was closely contested on Tuesday night. The Mystics had an eight-point lead, and then the Aces came back and took an eight-point lead themselves. But, yeah, they, the second half were all Aces. Mystics started turning things. They, they, yeah. they became a turnover machine. Yeah. Throwing well, the ball out of bounds, throwing right. it right to Kelsey Plum on the one drive yeah. she did. Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden the Mystics were like, uh, it's like, what the hell's going on well, here? Well, what's ironic about that is the Aces probably played one of their worst halves of the entire year as they committed 12 first-half turnovers themselves. And like, wow, here we go again. You're going to have to you know, battle back again, but then they did clean it up in the second Tale half. Tale of two halves. Yep, absolutely. That's the way it was. And uh, So next home game for the Aces will be uh, Thursday, Sept- or Tuesday, I believe it is. September 2nd. I have to go look at your calendar. I just know it's September 2nd against the Chicago Sky. So First only- time that they meet this year. Right, exactly. Three home games left in the regular season. That's it. So, And the Aces did announce that single-game tickets are now on sale. So for the stretch run, final three regular season home games – Get uh, your tickets for that as well as the playoffs as well. So should be a very exciting time because, again, best record currently in the WNBA, playing some very good basketball. And more importantly, they are healthy right now as well. So, oh, I thought it was more importantly that people should bring their radio so they can hear your call of the game. Oh, oh, you're such a good promo guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. There you go. Yeah, do tell. And then right after the game, after the postgame show, follow him because he's probably heading towards a Freddy's or something like that. So get, to, get a good grub. If, Though I would not yeah. get the jalapeno burger. I'm not a jalapeno guy at all. Yeah, you saw me diving in the jalapeno pepper jack burger. You, you, Generally, I see yeah. you diving into the dog. I do. That's it. I am, I'm 90% the dog. But when the jalapeno pepper jack is on there for a limited time, I, I do go to that. You, know, you like limited time stuff, don't you? Even like that nasty thing that those golden arches. I knew you were going to say that. Time thing. I, I, One of the most disgusting things on the. You planet. know, I kind of got off of the McRib. <laughs> I kind of did, but I used to like really Jones for that. Like, oh, it's coming back, and they'd like bring it back like once every two years. Yeah, so I don't know. Scott Spritzer is a food guy. I can tell you right now, he's a big food guy, and he's a big WNBA guy. He's an Aces fan too. What's going on, brother? How you doing, guys? I'm just sitting here listening to all this talk about the McRib. And, man, I haven't had lunch today. My mouth's watering. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. There it is. I don't know. Scott and I dined last week. He didn't hesitate. He he went with a, a great big uh, burger. I believe you had some, some cheese on there. Yeah. Uh, the bigger the better. Slap on, you know, three or four slices of cheese and I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's my guy. There he is, man. All right, Scott, let's talk about NFL preseason football here and and, you know as we go into week number two I think this is kind of interesting because as we know we talked a little bit about it last week you know we're gone we're done with the four weeks of preseason football it's down to three so coaches really have a decision on how they want to handle 
this coming week and next week. Now, the way I see it, there's three schools of thought here. One is you handle this week as you would handle week three in previous years, and that means most of your starters get to play the first half, and you get a, a good chance to look at them. You get a dress rehearsal. All right. The other school of thought is, well, let's see. You could do that this week, but then since you're going to actually have a bye after week number three, just go ahead and keep with the same routine and make week three that dress rehearsal and let the starters play more in week three. So this week, you kind of scale it back a little bit. Or there is a school thought that it looks like more and more coaches are going to, and that is, we don't want our starters playing at all in the preseason. So how do you handicap that, my friend? School of thought, preseason betting is not what it used to be. Yes, true. <laughs> now, the, now that we've got this reduced schedule down to three games or three weeks or what have you, it's um, a situation where we started seeing last week that you know things that we could rely on in years past are not likely to be relied upon you know, this year and moving forward. You know, Mike Zimmer, I mean, the guy never loses in preseason, always covers the spread, doesn't play anybody last week, Minnesota loses. I know a lot of people who jumped on the Vikings for that reason alone. What it does say, though, is the information that came in on game day was that Minnesota didn't care, weren't going to play anybody. Uh, They were going to go deep down the roster and check out the depth charts and all that kind of stuff. And they had made it known day of the game. They did not care about that game. And and that's what I'm kind of recommending to people now when they talk to me about it is there's really no reason to play a preseason football game more than 24 hours before it kicks off. And that's probably more true now than any time in the past. It used to be, you know, Mike Zimmer's going this week. He's off a loss. Preseason play, I'm coming back with him this week. You can make that bet as soon as the line came out days in advance and almost take it to the bank. And that's not the case. I mean, you know, you look at teams like, you know, Kansas City, they're going to play their most of their starters for basically the entire first half this week. And then you look at Bruce Arians with Tampa Bay. He says nobody, nobody worth anything basically is playing in the first half for Tampa Bay in, a, in another game. So it's a situation where you really got to pay attention to coach speak. The angles that have always worked in preseason may not be as juicy as they once were. Uh, you know, the Raiders and Rams going at it this week. The Rams have already said they're, they're not playing anybody. You know, any of the regulars, their starters for the most part. So it's just one of those things where you really got to pay attention. And, again, I recommend to people, you know, like for Saturday's games, there's no reason to jump on those games before Friday night or Saturday morning unless the coach has already said, I'm playing these guys, I'm not playing these guys. So that's really the only reason to jump in early at this point. You know, with so many of these teams now doing the joint practices where they're squaring off against each other for two days before their preseason game, does that maybe uh, take away from the preseason game? Because we've heard John Gruden speak about this. We've heard other coaches say the exact same thing. It's like, hey, you know, this is better than us hitting each other in practices. So we kind of like the joint practices. However, you do have the chippiness. I know the Buccaneers had some fights, you know, going on today in their joint practice session. Uh, we saw the Raiders and the Rams get after it the last two days. Jalen Ramsey, we heard to took a cheap shot at Josh Jacobs. Then a couple special teamers got in today. And then John Gruden just came out and said, you know, this is exactly what I don't want. I mean, this is really, you know, juvenile stuff that's taking place here. And a lot of it, you know, mentioned special teams because guys are fighting for their jobs. They're trying to earn jobs here. And it's usually not a lot of the veterans, for the most part, that are, are doing this with the cheap shots. But how much of this kind of takes away from the actual game itself? Because, like Gruden says, hey, we're going to run our plays. We're going to be doing all this stuff. But, you know, we don't want, you know, cameras there, you know, showing you know, what we're going to be doing during the regular season because we're running our legitimate plays against these other teams. And in and in regular games where the TV cameras are all over the place, as far as regular preseason games, they do scale back a bit. Yeah, and there's agreements made sometimes on the field, you know, where they're practicing together. Hey, you're not going to blitz more than three times, you know, per game. We're not going to, you know, go deep or, you know, you know, throw anything out that's outside of our game plan more than two or three times per game. You know, we're going to blitz at this point of the game, and they'll have those agreements sometimes. So you really got to read and read and read some more when it comes to these preseason games. One of the things that I do, because we've seen teams practice against each other in past preseasons throughout the course of the week and then play each other that upcoming weekend, and one of the things I always tell people is, you know, go through the schedule. 
Like, for instance, the Patriots and Eagles practiced against each other, you know, this particular week they're playing tonight. You know, you go through the schedule, you look to see if those teams are playing each other in the early portion of the regular season, because what it means is you're going to see nothing. You're going to see nothing in that preseason football game, so one coach doesn't give any, the other coach any kind of an advantage when they go into the regular season, and that's going to create a dullish kind of game, and it's going to create a potential under as far as I'm concerned. So that's how you kind of use that information you know the thing is is you also got to pay attention to maybe who's doing what to whom you know who's giving the extra shots underneath the pile for instance the Raiders and the Rams and see who might have a little bit of extra motivation when they're on the field of that preseason game uh, you know look at Jalen Hurts I mean he's done well in camp so far this week in practice he only threw seven passes last week two of the drop uh, two of the incompletions were just flat-out drops He's going to see more action tonight against New England. I'm sure they didn't show a whole lot during the course of practice against each other. And now tonight you might see a little bit more out of Jalen Hurts. But, you know, that's the best thing that I can say when it comes to teams that practice, the, practice against each other in August is if they're playing against each other in an upcoming preseason game, just look to see if they're playing in the first four weeks of the regular season. That'll likely tell you a lot of what's going to happen as far as the total in that upcoming game in preseason action. You mentioned that some of these teams that have the joint practices, they might have, you know, some agreements about we're only going to blitz this many times or do things like that. Do you think that some of these teams, maybe they show more in the practices together when the cameras aren't rolling and they can do more coaching in that? So you might actually see more if you're watching the practices and the little mini scrimmages they have that week than you will see in the actual game. Or do you think some of them hold back and practice a little bit and then they will show something in the game itself when it you know, in some people's mind counts, but in reality it only counts to the guys that are trying to make the team or, uh, you know, avoid getting cut. Well, you know, we've heard several coaches, I mean, just in the last few days talk about because of the shortened preseason, they're actually looking to get more and judge more of what they've got from their regulars or their depth charts in or in practice more than they are in preseason games. So, I think that is part of it. You know, you're going to see some coaches or several coaches, more than half, really looking to try more things in practice in the week leading up to the game than the actual game itself. So, yeah, I mean, it's just more and more things that have to be factored in to betting preseason football. And the simpler, the better. I mean, if I've got, you know, five steps to get to a bet, all of a sudden it's 10 steps. It's not as fun to bet those games anymore. And, you know, I only had a couple of bets last week. I've only got a couple for this week. I might add more to it, you know, on Saturday during the day if we see certain guys are going to play and certain guys aren't. I mean, the Packers aren't going to play, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and it looks like Love might not play either uh, for Green Bay this weekend. It's still kind of a toss-up as to whether he's going to or not. And the Jets, meanwhile, are throwing their quarterbacks, their top quarterbacks out there to battle against each other at different times during the course of the game. Now, if all that information certainly comes to fruition, and we see more of that information being confirmed on Saturday morning. you got to play on the Jets. The only issue, if you don't mind in preseason, it doesn't mean as much as regular season, is that the line was once uh, the Jets were once a two-point dog when it opened. They're now in a two-and-a-half-point favorite because that information has come out in the last 24 hours. Yeah, watch the Packers press conference earlier today, Scott, and uh, Kirk Benkert. He is getting the start today, so Jordan Love probably will not play. But, yeah, Kurt Benkert is your starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. There you go. The one time this entire – well, his entire career, you're probably going to be able to say that, TC, so there you go. Exactly. He actually (laughs) said that he actually started one preseason game before, uh, whatever team he was with before, and uh, that was week uh, number four back in 2018. So he he has gotten a preseason start before, but never been in a regular season game. Listen, there are really good quarterbacks sometimes in preseason football that just can't find the right rhythm or whatever when it comes to regular season football. Maybe the game's too quick for them. But, you know, I mentioned, I think, on your show last week, you know, I used to, early on in his career, I used to look to bet on Cleo Lemon, no matter who he was playing for, during the preseason. And if I didn't have a bet on Cleo Lemon's side, I would just avoid that game. There are certain quarterbacks that just had that ability to play at a certain level of speed. And when it gets for real, all of a sudden, you know, they just don't compute as fast between the years when it comes to getting rid of the football or making adjustments at the line of scrimmage. But you can certainly find 
winning NFL preseason quarterbacks. His name escapes me, guys, but a couple of years ago, and it lasted for two or three years, there was a backup quarterback for the Vikings who couldn't miss. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just, for whatever reason, I can't think of his name. But he was like a 70% passer. He won, you know, a mess of games in a row, both straight up and against the spread. But he never saw the field when it came to the regular season. Yeah, the reason you like, uh, you know, Cleo Lemon, because you were a Chet Lemon fan back in the day. Chet Lemon? How about, <laughs> hey, did you see the Tigers today? Uh, yeah, I did see the Tigers today. Was that a little crazy or what? Well, uh, you, you know, when you start throwing Chets out there, yep. I'm thinking of the Tigers. Right. And, of course, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Gosh, thank goodness for first-half betting. And I hope all the Tiger bettors had him in the first half. Biggest comeback, I think, ever for the uh, Angels. But, uh, yes. And also, guys, I wanted to mention real quickly, for those who bet the over, in the, or the under, excuse me, in the Houston-Kansas City game at 9, a perfect lesson. Do not bet unders uh, in, in a full game unders. You know, reduce it to five innings. Because until they get rid of this man on second in extra innings, which will be next year when they don't have it anymore, I mean, you're just asking for losses and pushes when you should be winning baseball games. I fortunately had Houston minus a run and a half, so yes. I would like to say it was never in doubt, but the three runs in the tenth certainly helped. It did, yeah. T- uh, Angels defeat the Tigers 13-10 to today, and the uh, Mariners over the Rangers 9-8 to in their version of the softball game. And like I said, Astros beat the Royals uh, 6-3 in softball as well. <laughs> and that Angels, by the way, the Angels were down 10-2 to two through five innings. And it, came back and won true. that game yeah. and, there, to 10. and again, just to clarify, I say softball because that is the girl softball rule. With extra innings, you start with a runner at second. So that's my softball reference. I, I don't mind it in softball <laughs> if I don't have a bet on it. But I'll tell you what, guys, I have not bet an under in baseball full game since like week one of the season. And I just decided at that point it's going to be first five innings when I want the under. It's full game when I want the over because I might need that, you know, man on second to start the top and the bottom of the tenth. And so that's just the way I've played it all season. Now, next year, fortunately, there's no more man on second to start extra innings and, uh, and, and no more seven inning double headers. I hate seven inning double headers. Are we in high school? I mean, come on, guys. So I'll be looking forward to next year. Hey, Scott, I know when you're talking about preseason football, we're not generally talking about teams looking for revenge or somebody trying to get back at somebody. But I do find it interesting that Buffalo is traveling to Soldier Field this week to take on the Bears. Trubisky's going to get the start because, obviously, they're not going to be playing Josh Allen in the the preseason. Uh, I'd be surprised if he plays at all, really. But do you look at an edge like that or something that is he has something to prove or do the Bears know him so well? Or do you look at anything like that in the preseason? Can you find a nugget maybe with somebody who wants to kind of maybe stick it to another team even though it's only a preseason game? I, I think there's got, you've got to think about the potential motivation being there because guys can say what they want. Ah, it doesn't matter, all that kind of stuff. You know, that's in my past. If Trubisky gets a chance to bust out a 40-yard run for a touchdown or throw a 50-yard touchdown pass, it's going to feel extra special for him, obviously, going up against this team. And I'd be real careful right now. I mean, I know Buffalo's not going to throw any starters out there, but I'd be real careful of the Bears week one, now into week two bandwagon. Uh, they've gone from as low as two all the way up to a five-point favorite, although four-and-a-halves are the majority of the books. But all of a sudden, Justin Fields is being, you know, anointed as the, uh, the next Lamar Jackson. or the, You know, I mean, all of a sudden the guy is, you know, being called the, the, the player that's going to lead Chicago back to the promised land. If you saw last week his first, I don't know, seven to ten passes, he wasn't good. Once his opponent last week... They took out their, you know, top two strings on defense, Miami, and he started hitting passes like crazy. Then, of course, he says after the game, instead of saying, I still got a lot to learn, NFL's not that quick. It felt like it was slow out there. (laughs) Well, you didn't look like it felt too slow in the first couple of uh, series. You looked like it felt pretty slow when you started seeing the deep reserves on the Miami defense. And when guys start talking like that, the public jumps on it. They move that line. They bet Chicago up, and I'm going, wow. That's a lot of movement based on what one guy did in his first start in a couple of quarters of preseason football. Back to your real question, though, Trubisky, I think he's got to feel extra special if he does something that gets his team a win or a couple of big plays against the Bears. Last week, favorites 9-6-1 uh, and one, uh, preseason week number one. Don't know if we put much stock into that. But something I did bring up last week, Scott, about the, the low – 
uh, spread totals. I think we had, uh, what, two games that had uh, point spreads o- over three, three and a half last week. Well, this week, we actually have seven games that have spreads of ho- five or higher. Um, again, just a little bit uh, more interesting, and we really haven't seen much of this in years past. Yeah, and then basically what it is is just the reaction by, and you have to if you're a bookmaker, the reaction uh, by the, the public and the Sharps themselves when it comes to these teams announcing what they're going to do, the change from what they've done in preseasons of the past. You know, the fact that the Raiders come out and look so good in week one, and they open three at one offshore. They're up to as high as seven in a couple of books now based on the fact that Mariota, you know, last I saw is probably going to play a little bit. You had Peterman who played so well last week, and then the Rams say they're not playing anybody. So you kind of have to make those adjustments on the fly. And again, you know, week two this preseason is so different than week two preseasons of the past. You know, I used to love this week because you'd always find at least four or five games where you would have that one team that was going to treat it like a dress rehearsal while their opponent was waiting till week three to have their dress rehearsal. And you're just seeing a situation where the books are having to do what they got to do, which is make those adjustments real quick, make them a little bit bigger than normal. And it's also going to be interesting this week, guys, to see the totals and how they come in because last week we saw – 14 out of 17 games stay under the total. So what do we hear this week? Everybody who wants to plunk down 11 to win 10 talking about under is low scoring. Nobody's going to bring it on the offensive end. I'd be a little bit careful about that. Do you really want to play an under when Kansas City's playing their starters for an entire first half? You know, I, I, and I see that total has moved up a little bit. But, you know, again, check out those teams that are going to bring their starters on offense for at least a quarter and a half to two quarters. You might find yourself a total that might be a point or so lower than it would have been if not for next week's overwhelming amount of unders. All right, Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. You can check out Scott's picks at DocSports.com. It doesn't matter what sport, what season, Scott's the man, no question about it. You talk about uh, tonight's game. we got got uh, Philadelphia hosting the Patriots. You mentioned we could see a little bit more Jalen Hurts. What info do you have on this game, Scott, and do you like a side in this game? Yeah, I do. And if we would have talked, let's say, three hours ago, I would have told you that Bill Belichick has not been good in preseason play as a road pick or favorite. In fact, he was horrible against the spread of those games. But in the last couple of hours, the Eagles have gone from a, as much as a one-and-a-half-point dog to a one-point favorite just about in every shop. But I'll also say that Bill Belichick is sub-500 against the spread in preseason play, a few games under. So while he likes to win football games whenever they're keeping score, it's not always a situation where they cover point spreads in preseason play. And he's also facing a team uh, that's looking for that first win for its new head coach after they lost last week to the Steelers. And they played well until the second half began. I mean, uh, you know, look at they were up 16-7 at the break. They get outscored 17 nothing over the final two quarters. Jalen Hurts only threw seven passes. He was on target. He had a couple of passes that were just flat-out drops that could have changed the outcome of that game. So we're going to see Hurts throwing the football a little bit more this, you know, this week. Uh, we do know the quarterback rotation for New England likely to stay the same as far as how many reps each one of their top two quarterbacks gets. Matt Jones is receiving a lot of praise right now, guys. And I heard one NFL scout say this, and I saw it also. He's taking too long to get the ball out of his hand. That is where Tom Brady, who might be slow as molasses with his feet, the guy got the ball out so quick when he knew where he wanted to throw it in that Patriot Bill Belichick offense that they never had to worry too much about the guy getting sacked or the secondary of the opposing team being able to double up the receivers and react. Well, that's not Mac Jones. He was slow getting that ball out of his hand last week, so I would expect to see him working on that in tonight's game. But I think Philly's the way to go here. you got one thing that I like to do in preseason. you got a Philadelphia team that's off a home loss now playing a second straight home game. They want to get that first win for their new coach. New England's already won a preseason game. I think the movement is correct in that it went from Philadelphia, a short dog, to a short favorite. When you're talking about these young quarterbacks like Mac Jones, and then what Justin Fields in that said too, the other thing that a lot of them have to learn that Tom Brady is a master at is you don't have to throw the ball every time and make a completion. Sometimes an incomplete pass or throwing it out of bounds is a good play because you have more downs to do it. And sometimes you'll see some of these young guys go out there and maybe try to force a pass or something like that as well, whether it's the speed of the game or whatever else. But that's also an art form of knowing that it's okay to not complete every time you throw the ball. 
Absolutely. I mean, Mac Jones should be watching game tapes of Tom Brady if he hasn't already. I'm sure he has, especially in this offense. But what he's got to learn to do, and in every young quarterback, you know, look at a guy like Brady. If nothing's even close to being open, he doesn't wait around. He goes through his progressions real fast. And, if, you know, he'll dump it. He'll throw it out of bounds. I mean, he's not going to hold on to the ball and take a chance to force it in there too often. He's not going to take a sack. That's another thing, by the way. Mac Jones, slow afoot. Do what Brady did his entire career. You see the pocket closing, nobody open. Just hit the dirt. You don't have to be hit. Just hit the dirt. Let him tag you. You're down. And you're going to obviously extend your career in all likelihood. So you're absolutely right. I'd be teaching these young guys, if it ain't open, you're smart enough, you're a quick enough thinker, you are a top you know, first-round type draft pick, and you've got to learn that you have got to throw the ball away in the NFL and not hang on to the football and take a sack or throw a pick because you're being baited by a safety or a corner into a make it a pass that really isn't there. I think that's the biggest lessons young quarterbacks can learn. All right, uh, looking at the rest of the uh, preseason week two docket, Scott, any other trends that uh, kind of pique your interest or any games in general? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to wait until tomorrow, but seeing the fact that KC came out this afternoon and said we're playing our starters, I want to see what Arizona's going to do because KC will have their starters in according to Andy Reid for the first half. That could be a play. This line's gotten a little bit crazy on Washington, but I agree with it. Uh, you could have had as low as three and a half with Washington if you would have got in on this early enough. But listen, you got a nice quarterback rotation for preseason play. Fitzpatrick, you got Hanky, you've got Steven Montez. They all showed they can lead an offense in preseason last week and keeping at the same time mistakes to a minimum. Almost unnoticeable, those three quarterbacks, when it came to making mistakes. So making things even better for Washington is the return of Kyle Allen. You'll remember he started four games last year. He got injured and he's been out ever since. So he's been practicing over the past week or so and he's expected to play, too. The regulars played well against the Patriot regulars, and things didn't turn bad until Washington went deep down the depth chart on defense, basically in the second half. And then as far as the Bengals, you're not going to see, you know, Joe, Joe quarterback, and what you're going to see is the same quarterback rotation. And both Bengal signal callers guys made mistakes last week, throwing a pair of interceptions, could have thrown a couple of more, pick six by Kyle Shermer. I just think it's a situation where the money's come in on the right side and you're going to see Washington at home off a loss looking to beat a team that's off a victory. I do like them here. And, again, five's a dead number, so, you know, not bad to lay the five at this point. Also wanted to mention for people who are looking to make certain bets or certain overbets, remember there's no preseason overtime, so that's been taken away. So just, you know, think about those things when you're making your wagers. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about the quarterback position. You want to look at who's got the best quarterback depth chart, you know, because those guys are going to be you getting a lot of reps, the second and the third string guys. And, and I even look at the running backs and the wide receivers, those skill position sets, to see who's got the deepest. Scott, who would you say right now probably has the best quarterback depth for, you know, preseason? Oh, gosh, just off the top of my head trying to think. I mean, Washington. I mean, you just named for, a good one. Yeah, you just named a great one. Yeah, that's what I mean, kind of that's, sparked my question there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the best right there when you talk about Washington and you talk about four quarterbacks who could all play well in preseason play. Three of them who played last week made no mistakes at all, and now you throw Kyle Allen to the mix. That, that might be the best as far as a quarterback rotation is concerned. You know, you're looking at, uh, I would say after that, maybe the Raiders, if they do decide to, you know, throw Carr out there because you got Mariota coming back. That's another team with a decent quarterback rotation. Baltimore doesn't matter. They just win football games and preseason play. Uh, what is it, 18 in a row now right. for Harbaugh? But they did it again I last think, week, yeah. Yeah, they did it again. I didn't bet it either. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, the public's all over this right. way too much. You know, and they go out and they do it again. I'm going to say Washington right now off the top of my head. You know, those four quarterbacks, any one of those guys could walk into a preseason game, play the entire game, and you would feel pretty good about your preseason bet. Different story regular season, but we're talking preseason. Absolutely. And Nathan Peterman, let's give this guy some credit, too. I mean, oh, what, yeah. the, what the Raiders did in that first half, because that's what we're judging, the first half here. I mean, 290 yards, they had 50 plays in the first half, and Peterson was close to being flawless as well, too. Absolutely. What do you go 29 for 39, I think, yeah. overall? Yeah. So, you know, I, and I didn't even mention him, but you got Mariota, you got Carr, yeah. you got Peterman. Don't know that Carr is going to play. One thing I've noted that with that line being so high, six and a halfs and a couple of sevens, is that 
John Gruden's fantastic in week one of the preseason. He's way below 500 in week two of the preseason. So we'll see how much he truly cares about how deep he's going to go with the regulars on this one. And especially you're talking about the Rams have just come out and said, hey, we're not going to be playing our starters. But when you look at the depth chart really for the Rams, especially the quarterback position, it's, it doesn't scare you at all. No, not at all. You're right. And if the Raiders decide not to go with the regulars more than a few series in this game, then you can certainly see an under coming in, which sits at 35 right now. Because, as you mentioned, they practiced against each other. They're not going to show each other a whole bunch in this particular game or put it on game film for others. And, again, if you've got you know, the Raiders not really caring about this one, just going through the motions, the Rams have already said they're going to do it. First of all, I wouldn't lay six and a half in that situation. Secondly, I'd look to the under more than the over. Duck Hodges or Bryce Perkins. There's your starting quarterbacks for the Rams. <laughs> you know, you know, Duck Hodges came and finished it up last week, I guess, against the Chargers. I think Duck might get the start. The Duck offense is back. The Duck offense is back. <laughs> Jim Fossil, there you go. Did you guys see Perkins was the leading rusher for the Rams last week? That's I right. mean, that's how little they care right now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Anderson, Otis, uh, Cam Akers, Otis Anderson, nah, forget it. Daryl Anderson, no. No, there it is. It's your, your third-string quarterback, Bryce Perkins. <laughs> Very nice. I know. And, and, hey, the more we talk about this, I think I'm going to lay it. I don't like laying uh, in the preseason, Scott, but like I said, like six and a half, Raiders might win this game. Might win this well, game worst- by ten. It's six and a half just about everywhere, and yeah. I'm looking in Vegas right now, and I see one. No, I see no casino. I got like 25 casinos in my on my screen in front of me. Yeah. I don't see any Vegas casinos, and I don't have them all up there, but I don't see any Vegas casinos with sevens. So you know, you could even wait and maybe get a little bit more out of who the Raiders might play. You know, let's just say in the next 24 hours, and I think if they come out and they say, "Well, we're going to play." you know, Peterman for a half and this guy for a quarter and all that kind of stuff, and you see a definite advantage, you just jump on it. I don't think you're going to have to lay more than seven as long as you don't wait too long. But, uh, again, it's one of those situations where I'll be checking Raiders uh, articles, Raiders, YouTube interviews, post-practice interviews, and all that good stuff over the next 24 hours to see if I want to jump on that. There you go. Opening line, five and a half, and now it's currently at six and a half. There you go. Scott, great stuff as always. He's a great follow on Twitter, too, at Scott Wins. Doc Sports, check out Scott. Get his plays right there at DocSports.com. All right, my friend, great talking with you, and we'll, uh, good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. No problem, guys. I'm going to go chase down a McRib. <laughs> McRib? No, go to Freddy's. Get over to Freddy's and oh, get that wait, wait, jalapeno wait. pepper jack burger. That's what you got to do. I am going. There Chicago it is. dog, the jalapeno. Oh. Ch- yeah, I'm there. There you, you go. You got it. There, I talked to you. There you go. See you later. If you go to Appleton, Wisconsin, <laughs> you can go to one now too. Apparently, so yeah, that's right. Don't you forget. <laughs> I mean, everywhere, Kansas City. I mean, you, you you name it. They're all over the place. Well, he might go to Appleton when yeah. uh, you know when Nebraska plays Wisconsin. <laughs> hey. <laughs> The, what's going on in Nebraska right now? We should have probably brought that up with Mr. Nebraska, Scott Spritzer there, Mr. Omaha. Yeah, things aren't going so well this week there as they get ready for their opener here in a couple of weeks. Now Scott Frost, they're saying, you know, under uh, investigation, NCAA allegations with Frost and football, uh, you know, uh, coaches, assistant coaches. Yeah, things not going so well in Lincoln right now. Mm-mm-mm. Happens. It does. It does. All right. RVD, Rob Van Dam going to be joining us. Don't you dare go anywhere. TC Martin, Ballpark Frank, and you. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. TC Martin. All right, SummerSlam taking place here at Elysian Stadium. Big Saturday night there. And, of course, we got Pacquiao, Ugas at T-Mobile Arena. And kind of very strange, a little bit different, that the WWE is coming in and not doing a Sunday card, but doing a Saturday card and competing against PBC. And I guess you could say competing. I don't know if the boxing fan is really watching wrestling or not, or vice versa, but who knows. But the key here is, or the point is that you have two major events right down the street from each other at the same time. And we know the SummerSlam will command a huge audience at Allegiant Stadium. And we know that the Raiders came out uh, yesterday and came out and said that everyone who needs to uh, or is going to be going to games must be vaccinated. But that only uh, means for Raider games 
But UNLV games, you don't have to be vaccinated. Other events, concerts, SummerSlam, you do not have to be vaccinated, but you must wear a mask. So if you are going to any of those events, including SummerSlam on Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium, you don't have to be vaccinated, but wear your mask. All right, with all that being said, Rob Van Dam in the house. RVD's back. What's going on, brother? Happy Thursday. Oh, happy Thursday, dude. Right back at you, man. What's happening? What's shaking? What's going down? It's a busy week here. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, I just got back from uh, um, some appearances in uh, upstate New York, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. You know, met a lot of nice people um, and came back for this week of events, which is a little, uh, little... I don't know. My understanding is a little up in the air of like what to really expect because of the virus, mm-hmm. right? Um, I understand that they're trying to keep talent limited to as few as possible, just like they did a year ago or whenever, you know, when we were in the middle of it. And so, um, you know, as far as like uh, just stopping by and visiting and stuff like that, that's going to be uh can control to a minimum and I, I don't even know for sure that I'm going to be able to you know to right. to stop by and it's and it's because of them trying to do all the social distancing and stuff don't know how they're going to do that in the crowd but uh I don't know a couple of weeks ago there was rumors that that maybe you know that they wouldn't even be able to have the event so I'm, I'm glad they are um there's events all week all around town you know right. um signings uh, uh, down at the Nerd Bar all weekend, and uh, I guess there's something fan access going on today, because I got right message asking if I was going to be there um, tomorrow, which is the Friday, the 20, what is it, 20th, right? 20th tomorrow, yeah. Cool. Um, Katie Forbes and RVD are hosting a uh, pool party at Sapphire. Yes. Want to write that down? That yes. should be very, very fun. Okay. Everybody right. invited or what? Um, I don't know. It's the Matt VIP Men. guest list, uh, admission charge here. What's the deal? Yeah, I don't know everyone, so <laughs> <laughs> you just know that you are going to be there. Yeah, you, you're invited if you can pay the cover down there and yeah. get the cabana or whatever. So it, yeah. it's a pretty nice area out there by the pool out at Sapphire. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we've done this a few times. Yeah. Uh, not at, not during wrestling week, but mm-hmm. Katie has hosted some stuff. So right, just go and chill and pool attire uh, mandatory or what? Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna it, be in a speedo? <laughs> no. Yeah. Euro wrestling tights? No. Yeah. Your airbrush wrestling tights? Pool, pool attire is not mandatory there because we've right. done remotes on that. I mean, now a yeah. lot of the people, of course, pool attire is, you know, yeah. it, it's nice sometimes, yeah. but, uh, yeah. you know, with, with some people, it's better when they don't have pool attire on. <laughs> so, back on and back on stage uh, Sunday, Sunday at the Strat. Um, I gotta not forget that I'm going up on stage. You doing some comedy? Yep. Yeah, yeah, All right. You want to try some of your material out on us? Don't have any material yet. <laughs> I haven't even thought about it yet. <laughs> this that's is what not, I love about. That's it. not how I prepare. No, he, he doesn't prepare. I mean, when you see literally stand-up comedy from Rob Van Dam, it is literally stand-up improv comedy. I mean, it's all improv, right? Because I remember he, before you took the stage, like for one of your very first times a few years back. When you when you did the thing over at Hooters, which was fantastic, we brought a whole bunch of people yeah. over there with that, and uh, I, I remember you saying, "Yeah, I'm just going to kind of I'm going to kind of wing it." I put myself in that situation. I, I never think that I'm going to wait till the last minute. I think that I'm going to prepare. A lot of times, I'll write down just phrases or ideas, and I think, you know what, I'm going to develop that later. Mm-hmm. But then I end up developing it either <laughs> on stage or right before. Right. And then delivering it, and then learning like how I could tweak it, and then I might go up in another six months and may or may not remember it to tweak it. Because we know a lot of comedians, most comedians, they'll like take notepads with them, or now you know put uh, notes in their phone when something yeah. hits them, whether it's a story, they hey that's a pretty good joke or whatever. You don't do that, do you? Well, or do you? Just, just like I'm saying, you know, a lot of times I, I put something um, down and, and think that I, you know, that's got potential. I'm going to think okay. about that and. Develop that later on when I got time to pull it apart, and then usually I don't, but I have good intention. <laughs> All I mean, right, so yeah. you mentioned you know SummerSlam is a big deal uh, for fans, and again for for a lot of the the wrestlers and former wrestlers. Why are they doing it on Saturday? Do you know? I I, I can't figure it out why why heard? they're doing it on Saturday. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure either because. Mm. Like we said, we have the Pacquiao fight. We have SummerSlam. There's also, and it's more of a TV thing because they won't have a big crowd, but the UFC also has a fight night there. I know uh, Clay Guida, a guy that I've known for quite a while, is a part of the co-main event. Kevin Gastelum is uh, on the, you know, he's he's in the main fight there. So there 
there's a lot of fight stuff going on. I don't know if and you got of, concerts and all kinds of stuff yeah, right here on Saturday and night. Yeah. And they've always, 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 Sunday. always done Sunday. Yeah. Right? The yeah. exception of maybe Saturday night's main event a hundred years ago. Yeah, it, it, right, right. So the only thing we not, could figure, unless the Raiders were involved, but the Raiders are on the road, hmm. and yeah. they're and not going to be doing anything on Sunday. Football. Well, I know, but it's just facility-wise, and it's not like they have to get the field ready for a game on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday because the right. Raiders are on the road the following week as well. So I, I can't figure it out. You would think under circumstances like this, it's just either a TV thing or it's a venue thing, and I, I don't think it's really either one of those. So why don't you ask your boy Vince? Uh, ask him. He'll tell per, you. Perhaps I will. In yeah. the meantime, the yeah. answer shall remain unknown. Yeah, it, right? It is. So we don't know what to expect, though, uh, off of this, this card, whether you know how many people are going to be in attendance because, again, for football – it's it's wide open. You know the Raiders had fifty thousand for their preseason game last Saturday night. They're going to have sixty five thousand for their home opener here in about three weeks. Nice. So I, I would imagine we're going to have a, a huge crowd as long as people are are wearing masks or whatever. But do you think that um, that this event will be somewhat similar to the last major event that you went to, or you know you were there in Florida with the Hall of Fame induction, that sort of thing? As far as you know, just access being limited, and was that limited, or do you it, think this no, is totally more limited? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I don't know because there at WrestleMania, I, I really didn't see most of most of the guys, most of the wrestlers. A few of them I would pass in the hallway when they were giving me a ride on the golf cart, you know, to to go from point A to point B. But um, most of the, most of the guys, like they 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 either got there like s- super late, you know, or as close to their match time as possible, or, or they left or whatever. And it was like uh, usually like catering is all packed with people, and they and they, you know, specifically avoided that. They wanted us to leave as soon as as soon as we could afterwards. So that may be. I mean, apparently that's going to be at least part of SummerSlam. But to the extent you know that had like fake people uh, in. It, I mean, I guess WrestleMania did, and I, I in my mind I, I put that together with Hall of Fame because it was a few days before right, same, right. same building. Right, sure. Um, but there was quite a difference having uh, no people versus some people, mm-hmm. right? And I have no idea, you know, as far as this goes, but I think they've uh, they've sold a lot of tickets, right? That's yeah. my understanding. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think we have the answer why it is Saturday night, right? Yes, uh, now that the uh, World Wide Web is literally in the palm of our hands, um, <laughs> uh, SummerSlam will be on Saturday. It is all part of the WWE switch to broadcast pay-per-view events on Saturday nights. In the future, the switch was confirmed in WWE's latest uh, Q2 2021 earnings call by President uh, Nick Klein. So apparently the pay-per-views are going to be switching to Saturdays now. I guess they found out that maybe they can get bigger viewings or bigger numbers on a Saturday than a Sunday. Uh, But this is what they are going to be doing from now on. So SummerSlam, the first of those to be on a Saturday. Yeah, they're trying to fall in the boxing-slash-UFC model of doing that. Hmm. And uh, it also uh, goes with this, first SummerSlam to be held on a Saturday since the 1992 event which was pre-taped on a Saturday and aired on tape delay on the following Monday. Mm. So, interesting, little, little yeah. interesting stuff there. Yeah. So, so. And, and it sounds like it just goes with their new business plans that also includes uh, firing everybody <laughs> regularly. I guess. Right. I was going to ask you, what do you think of this uh, this new business model in your? Uh, I guess I say your former profession, but you're still involved because you're still working that sort of thing. And again, it's uh, still involved, just inducted yeah. into the WWE Hall of Fame. But what is your view of the way well, things are right now? So every year, right after WrestleMania, they do a lot of cuts, and everybody's yeah. always it's shocked and surprised. Mm-hmm. And I'm used to that. Uh, this one has gone on to a, an unprecedented amount, and and then they're announcing. Um, I mean, they haven't told me, but from what I understand mm-hmm. from the internet. Um, it seems like that they're saying you know you could expect more of this in the future. So that's that's strange to think that they would want a uh, um, a quicker turnaround because it seems like it'd be harder for the fans to invest in, right. in the wrestlers. But you know, I like I said, they haven't explained it to me, so I'm just. What, what is your guess though? Why? 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 Uh, why traditionally? And I get it to a certain degree. After WrestleMania, they'll make some cuts and that sort of thing. It's kind of like at the end of the season, so to speak, in, in other sports. But this, you know, like you said, it, it, it's really, you know, more than usual. Yeah, Any guess well, why? Um, you know, let's just say WWE has always been 
um, criticized by people who study it for investing everything into just one guy. You know, when there was Hogan, there was just Hogan. And then, you know, there was like just Cena when there was Cena. And everyone said, well, afterwards when he leaves, there's not going to be anybody that can, that can carry the load on their back. You don't, you haven't put anybody else in that position. They've always done that. Maybe the business people that aren't necessarily wrestling fans, maybe they know that or they're paying attention to that and they're saying, you know, screw it. Let's go the complete opposite direction instead of having one person, re, you know, spend his entire career here on top and, and then leaving us empty-handed. You know, let's let's uh, try and uh, get pe- get the fans used to seeing people uh, come in and, and and thrive and do really well and I don't know and move around. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. That's, yeah. that's my guess. Looking at a big picture, yeah. anyway. And when you're talking about the investing in one guy in that, too, that's why this SummerSlam is it's the summer of Cena. They've been talking about him a lot because a lot of these guys go under the movies and that. And it seems like they've invested so much now in NXT, and they have that on TV. And it seems like they're kind of trying to fast-track some of these people to, now that people do know them a little bit, to maybe get in there and that so they're not stuck with somebody that uh, might be going for the movies or something. But, of course, if you're going to be doing that all the time, then you better have new people to replace them in NXT because I know a lot of people that actually enjoy NXT more than WWE because they think it's more pure wrestling and that sort of stuff now and they're happy that Vince isn't maybe as as much to do in it and their fear is that when these people go to WWE that they're going to take away some of the stuff they do in that because it's not going to be as pure so it's kind of a slippery slope they're almost competing against themselves but if they move over will they allow them to still be the same person that made them popular to bring them over in the first place no but that's always been the deal mm-hmm. you know i mean that you always have to adjust when you get to the big show and uh and learn you know the, the way that they do it which which is a bit different you know for the for better or worse and when you're when you're in that position it always seems like worse you know, um, but then uh, it makes you uh, a better wrestler, having uh, you know being more well-rounded in the long run. That that's what I found. You know, mm-hmm. I remember right before I went up there, I was wrestling Sammy Callahan, and um, he was supposed to be going up there. And then right before our match, the news broke that I was returning in 2013. I kind of took away some of his thunder, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, as soon as uh, we got together, uh, you know, and started talking, I was like. Wow, I was like, they are going to change you so much. Just he was just tell, envisioning, you know, what he thought would be cool in the match, and I was just like, oh my god, dude, you are so indie. You're in, <laughs> independent. You yeah, know? like yeah. it's such a different style, and they have they're really passionate fans, so they like to hold on to what they can and 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 feel, you know, that they justify that they deserve feeling like like a star even when they're small but but yeah i was like i'm not i'm not gonna teach you everything today i'm just gonna let you go there and let them you know you'll be you'll be bummed a little bit but they're gonna they're gonna really change your way of thinking around and into where your ideas aren't gonna come across like that because that sounds crazy at this point to me wwe has released 57 wrestlers in 2021 110 the last two years so you're right it's it's, it's a lot. lot. It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. and it's rare to have, I think, a wrestler that's going to be like a... You can call them all superstars. But, I mean, out of... Yeah. you know, Yeah. I mean, out of 20... Handful. Yeah. Yeah. Out of 100, yeah. how many are really going to be, you know, cross the line and have fans so impacted by them that they, they want to pay to right. see them? R- real quick, we were talking about this a little, little bit earlier off the air. And I'm going to get your take on this. You're an old school guy. Just like you know, we are, and you really appreciate the old school wrestling and the thought process and all that stuff. And we go back in the day, 20, 30 years ago, where having that belt, whether it was a heavyweight championship belt or even tag team belts, those were coveted, and you rarely saw them turn over. You know, you rarely saw someone drop the belt. I mean, it was big news. And now the belt just gets dropped all the time, over and over. Why do you think that has happened over the past couple of decades? Because um, it seems to lose the the belt loses its luster, in my opinion, when you just treat it like that. It does, it does, you know. Um, but also, you have like so many people that, like I said, you know, you gotta invest in in some of them and i don't know i would hate to be a booker and have to have to do all this but you know like that's the the age-old argument is they heals the champion and the baby face is chasing it boom that's where the money is and then you talk to other promoters that say no the, the hero is the champion and the heel you know is coming after him and that's the money and it's like uh 
Um, some people use tradition, you know, to come up with these uh, storylines and stuff. But um, I remember in, in ECW when Sabu and I had almost all the belts, and then uh, Taz just went and made his own belt, the FTW belt. <laughs> and that's still around, right. the FTW belt, right. you know, and was, that was totally just like, right. oh, I want a belt too, right. brother. <laughs> that's how it came across anyway. Right. And, um, yeah, I don't know, champions are, uh, I guess everybody gets a chance to be a champion. And uh, I know, it's you know. crazy. <laughs> Demeans it, in my opinion. Uh, you and Sabu are going to be in Philadelphia pretty soon, working together. That's what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, at the ECW Arena. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Good little flashback for you. September 18th. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Looking forward to it. Yeah, right? I, I, I am. You know, I'm skeptically optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> RVDCB.com. Give us an update, man. How things rolling? We're still uh, we're still man. pimping you, man. Yeah, it, yeah, and uh, and that's still good, and it's we're, we're still growing. Um, we have uh, started uh, THC like in California, and uh, Oklahoma is coming next, and then here in Nevada really soon. That's really big news for us because uh, CBD at the dispensaries are you know like a one percent of, of the business they do, but outside of the dispensary for people that aren't necessarily into cannabis, you know, it's helping so many of them because they wouldn't try it unless the general public was saying, "Hey, there's a difference between this and cannabis," and so it's helping so many people, and that's that's always what it's. About. I've, you know, one thing is like I've always wanted to make cannabis uh, more accessible for people who need it. So, mm-hmm. where I'm, what I'm doing right now, uh, you know, whatever kind of cannabinoid it is, you know, the Delta Eight, all kinds of stuff we're putting out there in, in kratom. Even it's uh, it's stuff that I would be stoked to to do it if you know if it wasn't business, if it was just something to do in life and and, and feel accomplished. You know, to be able to to be able to turn that and make and, and get people to try that against the demonizing that they were brought up with yeah so pretty pretty good good, pretty good accomplishment yeah excellent man business is good yes sir yep, yep. and uh, and of course just like always the future's even better you got it all right so much going on so much coming up rob van dam you can see him around town he'll be on stage doing some comedy on <laughs> sunday night stratosphere right yes sir and uh in uh, anywhere else anybody can catch you also at uh sapphires right yeah um yeah there's a couple other things i don't i think they got they dropped out but there's appearances mm-hmm. and stuff that, that i didn't do so don't go there okay. I, I didn't agree to do <laughs> there you go i wasn't interested in but but yeah it's a pretty cool uh pretty cool week though uh, maybe maybe you might bump into a couple of wrestlers around town there you go our brother. still waiting for more documentaries and that kind of stuff too i keep on checking my uh, tv guide to see if yeah. there's anything coming up so yeah you know what's funny is they haven't shown the, the i guess they decided to show the plane ride from hell on next season uh of dark side oh, okay. yeah, they already filmed it and Actually called me one week and said it was going to be on the next week and it never was. Oh wow! Okay, so we'll get, <laughs> yeah, but a little teaser now. We got people got to wait to see that and that'll be fantastic. All right, Dude, San Diego Comic Con a few weeks ago, the uh, WWE announced they were making a releasing a new action figure in January mm-hmm. of RVD with the tiger striped outfit, the one mm-hmm. that everybody loves. Yeah. Also have a uh, outside of WWE action figure. This guy does uh, collectibles on a limited pre-order basis um they both announced at the same time because i didn't know that wwe was doing it. a couple video games are going to be in you know um, right now i'm doing uh i got a non-exclusive where i'm doing things with wwe but while i'm not talking to them and have no idea what they're doing i'm still doing my own stuff too. do your so. own thing brother Boom. You got it. it's you all got coming it. through rob van dam we appreciate you my man and uh appreciate we'll definitely uh, talk to you very very soon and have you back again Pretty soon it'll be Cauliflower Alley Club time here. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Gotta, usually in April, you know, it's, that's when that usually happens. I got to hurry up and write my speech for that the night before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a feeling you might be improvident. There you go. You get, you're getting used to all these, all these things, these inductions. I can Good talk when I'm obligated. Yeah, that's my guy. There he is. <laughs> All right, appreciate RVD for joining us today, as well as Chris Bazio, Scott Spritzer as well. Miss any part of it, go to the website, check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. Me, Ballpark Frank, Numbchuck, RVD, back at you again tomorrow. Have a good one. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.